0: Welcome to the HVAC Insiders Podcast. I'm Jim DePalma. The goal of this podcast is to keep you up to date on the current trends and changes in technology within the HVAC industry and to help you use this information to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Wales Darby, which is a major manufacturer's representative in the New York, New Jersey metropolitan area. We've been around for five decades, representing the world's largest and finest manufacturers in the plumbing, heating, and HVAC industry. Welcome to today's show. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming out and joining us on our live podcast. Tonight, we are doing an insider's look at openor alternative piping solutions, with factory guest Andrew Cahill. My name is Rob Clemens. I'm in the contractor services group at Wales Darby. Uh, joining us in the background uh, are some more of the fellows over in our contractor services group. We have Jimmy Fry, Jim De Palma, Anthony Tassi, John Reso, and Rick Koster. They will be in the background to answer any kind of questions uh, that you may have. And if a question pops up that we feel we should uh, bring up to the guest, we will absolutely do so. So as I said, my name is Rob Clemens. I have about 20 years of experience in the HVAC department. Uh, uh, Not so much on the plumbing side, so it's been taking me a couple of years here to kind of get up to, uh, you know, up to standards, so to speak, uh, as far as the plumbing aspect of the business is concerned. Uh, But I do have vast experience out in the field, and uh, I do bring that to uh, all of our trainings, uh, our podcasts, and uh, my general knowledge base uh, goes right out to our contract base and uh, it helps to um, you know, kind of speak the language of the contractor. So as I said earlier, I have uh, Mr. Andrew Cahill from Upenor. Uh, I'm going to introduce him now. Andrew, you want to say a couple things uh, about your background?
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, good evening, Rob. Uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for uh, having me as a guest here this evening. Uh, I am actually entering my fifth year uh, at Openore. Uh Recently attained the Senior Commercial Sales Manager title. Uh, prior to that, I was a manufacturer's rep in the Baltimore, D.C. market uh, where we carried the Upenor line. Uh, I spent six years there. So uh, 10 plus years involved with UpenOr uh, as an organization and uh, quite a bit of background in the industry as well.
0: Excellent. So uh, getting started, uh, how did Upanor come to be and how did the idea for PEX piping come about?
1: Yeah, it's uh, actually a very interesting question, very interesting story. Uh, Thomas Engel uh, invented the cross-linking of polyethylene in 1965. Uh, his Engel method PEX piping was first manufactured in 1972 by a company called Weersbo, uh, a name that may sound familiar to a lot of you. In 1990, Wiersbo first opened a factory in Apple Valley, Minnesota, and the cold expansion system was introduced four years later. Between 1997 and 2006, as a result of a couple of mergers, uh, OpenROR consolidated all of its business under one brand. Uh, You actually still see the name Wiersbo, however,
0: branded on our heating PEX products today. Okay. Um, how did the idea for the polyethylene sorry, tubing come to fruition? How did that whole process start? So
1: I don't know why Thomas thought of the idea of cross-linking polyethylene. Uh, I, I do know that how it became tubing uh, was actually a product of his uh, vicinity uh, overseas. Uh, he was asked if he could make a pipe of the material uh, to provide additional heat to a local chicken farm um, in order to have the chickens produce more eggs. Uh, so that was really the first kind of foray into our pipe being
0: utilized in, in a radiant application. So you didn't happen to know what size piping he used back then, did you? I, I don't. A uh, little,
1: little before my time, uh, 65 and 72 predate me by uh, probably about 20 years. But uh, you know, <laughs> I. I I'm happy to be a part of the uh, organization and the success we've had
0: uh, today. So, Excellent, excellent. Uh, so there are a few other PECs manufacturers out there. What separates Openor from the competition?
1: Sure, sure. So the first and most important thing to know is there's three types of PECs available to the, the market. Uh, they're identified currently by the letters A, B, and C. Uh, The differences are significant and they're created in the way uh, in which they are manufactured. So PEXA is extruded under high heat and pressure, yielding an 80% cross-linking. This creates a uniform cross-linking of the tubing wall, enabling both heat kink repairability and cold expansion functionality. It also creates the most flexible PEX tubing available to the market. These features you won't find in B and C type products. Uh, Second to that, Upanor also boasts the largest PEX diameter available at three inches and the most comprehensive fitting selection and has over 17 billion feet of
0: tubing uh, installed globally. Okay. Um, The heat heat kink repair is really one of my favorite selling points as far as the Upanor product is concerned because I know a lot of, you know, personally contractors out there, we kind of beat some materials up either on the way to the job or, you know, just before, just prior to the installation process. So having the ability to repair a kink with a heat gun you know really sets the company you know sets the bar for the uh, for the uh, techs industry. Um, yeah,
1: for sure. I, I think uh, you know the heat kink buys you a lot. It's important to note that the tubing is not invincible. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have any magic trick available for a hole from a drywall screw or a nail or, or something of that effect, but uh, a minor kink when flexing the pipe, things of that nature. Uh, the heat gun is a nice little, uh, nice little trick to have.
0: Absolutely. Now, uh, another question I have for you is uh, more based on the fittings. What's, uh, what's really the difference between uh, your fitting as opposed to other products? So
1: typically, uh, when you, when you hear the word PEX, because uh, there's, there's so many manufacturers out there, a lot of people's mindset goes to a, a traditional PEX uh, flexible piece of tubing, uh, an insert fitting and then a crimp or a clamp ring over the outside compressing that fitting to hold it in place. Uh, Upanor, as I mentioned earlier, as a type Apex has thermal elastic memory, so it's always seeking its inner and outer diameter. Uh, The tool that we utilize from Milwaukee expands the pipe out, you place the fitting inside, and then the pipe naturally comes back down around the uh, outside of the fitting. So essentially what's happening is, is the fitting is larger than the pipe, Therefore, the pipe is going to contract back down around that fitting tighter and tighter, um, meaning that the day you make that connection is actually the weakest it's ever going to be, only getting stronger every day thereafter.
0: Wow. Awesome. That's impressive. So uh, the HVAC and plumbing and heating industries are typically reluctant to adapt to change. So what are the... What are some of the difficulties that had to be overcome when the industry first started introducing a flexible apex pipe in?
1: Sure. Sure. Um, you know, I, I think change uh, tends to be difficult regardless of the arena you're talking about. Uh, consider our daily routines uh, around things like where we get our coffee in the morning. Uh, certainly the climate, uh, you know, currently uh, out in, in the country and everything that we're dealing with around the pandemic and, and things of that nature. Uh, change is difficult. It's, it's not easy to, uh, you know, get over that hurdle a lot of times. Uh, however, without, you know, with over 10 years of experience uh, at openor I found that the largest obstacle in this particular arena is misconception uh, or, or lack of information uh, around the openor product and, and, and services. Uh, from confusion over the differences between polyethylene and polybutylene, which is a product that was around in the 90s uh, that had some chlorine tolerance problems, particularly around the fittings themselves, uh, to the idea that plastics are diminishing the trade, uh, making things too convenient, and too easy, um, to uh, the idea that, uh, you know, they're not as durable or, or suitable for commercial applications, um, all of which, you know, we have sufficient background information and a track record to disprove, but, uh, you know, the outside looking uh, in type of uh, observation of Upanor may be a little different than that. So um, basically to overcome it, we've had to enhance our our level of education to ensure a thorough understanding of the advantages to utilizing Upanor PECSA in in, uh, commercial uh, applications
0: me personally i was always a fan of uh, you know having a uh, easier process as far as the uh, as far as the install was concerned so i was always willing to adapt to change but very well said very good points uh, At at wellstarby we understand the value of the product education as good as anyone in fact many of our business relationships derive directly from our training So, with that being said, what kind of training do you offer, and do you offer factory visits for reps and contractors?
1: Sure, sure. Great question. Um, We can conduct trainings both locally and through our factory training team. Uh, Under normal circumstances, factory trainings were a a big highlight for us, uh, for reps and customers alike. Uh, They found them to be highly uh, valuable and and very well-received. Uh, unfortunately, with the recent uh, pandemic, uh, we've had to put a temporary hold on these. Uh, obviously, restrictions on travel, people's uh, fears around kind of uh, leaving states and getting on airplanes and things of that nature um, kind of have put a, a hold uh, on, on our pattern with these. But uh, we've migrated to online platforms a lot and site trainings with social distancing in mind, uh, kind of adhering to the com- contractor's comfort level. So, uh, thankfully, we've been able to pretty much move freely with our, our vehicles. Uh, job sites typically aren't too overcrowded. We can usually carve out a space somewhere and maintain proper distance. Uh, however, a lot of guys have, have still chosen to go with the online platform just as an added safety precaution. Platforms like the one we're on now, uh, Teams, uh, there's there's a wealth of them available. So. Uh, any type of training, whether it's installation training or a very initial uh, introduction uh, to UPN or PECSA, uh, we can accommodate anything in the in the uh, in that swath.
0: Excellent. So uh, to that same point, what are the, some of the things that aided in accepting that change? You know, from uh, from copper and uh, you know steel pipe over to PECS.
1: Sure. sure. I, I think you hit the nail on the head a moment ago when you, you said as a contractor in, in your previous life, you were always looking for an advantage uh, in the marketplace, something that was easier, something that uh, carried a little less liability with it. So, uh, you know, OpenRPEX-A affords the contractor improved health and safety by eliminating glues, solvents and torches from project sites. Uh, so no fireworks, uh, no, no fire watch, no, no glue dry times on CPVC, for instance. Uh, It has an inherent weight advantage, uh, which prohibits a lot of potential injury when you think about working with two, two and a half, three inch copper or iron pipe. Um, And considering recent adjustments from the pandemic, it actually helps promote a little bit of social distancing. Um, A lot of times, two man jobs, uh, as far as a lift, can turn into, you know, a singular individual working by himself in a unit, uh, installing that half through one inch or one and a half inch, inch product. Uh, without having to have a secondary secondary team there. So um, there's also an inability to drive fit a connection. As I mentioned, we take advantage of the thermal memory of the pipe by opening it. Uh, therefore, if you don't open the pipe, the fitting simply won't go in. Uh, so you don't have any situations where you're assembling a unit ahead of time, going back and gluing it. You don't have any instances where you're putting a crimp or a clamp ring in the instance of a PEX B or C and forgetting to go back and, and crimp or clamp that after the fact. Uh, you simply can't make the connection without opening the tubing first. So it's a 100% uh, dry fit prohibitive system. Uh, It also carries with a a 25-year limited warranty. Uh, That warranty uh, is transferable uh, between ownership. It covers the pipe and the fittings. And if deemed a manufacturing defect, actually uh, covers the labor to go back and make the repair in any uh, real property damage uh, to the facility. So drywall, carpets, things of that nature uh, are inclusive in that. Uh, the speed of the connection aids in installation productivity. Pair that with a cost-stable product. You think about copper and, and the constant flux that the price is in. You go in one day and then it's you know it's gone up by the time you've reached the end of your, your project significantly. Um, we have a full year uh, on our pricing. Uh, structure uh, before we have any type of adjustments. So you have a full calendar year, you don't have that day-to-day change. Uh, All all that generally increases the profitability of of a project for our contractor partners.
0: Wow, that's a a pretty big list of advantages there. Uh, I think everybody in the industry can get behind that. you know, with all of that being said, do you still see contractors that are reluctant to make the change from copper? And if so, why do you think that, uh, you know, that is? Uh,
1: absolutely. Uh, and I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier around change. Uh, change is difficult. Um, it, it's never the right time. Um, there, there's so many things on our plate. We have a crew of guys that used to doing things a certain way. Uh, there's a little bit of fear of the unknown. I think what Ubinor offers is, is beyond just pipe and fit fittings. Um, we have a, a full field sales team. Uh, I'm responsible for a number of guys from Maine to Virginia that are that are part of my commercial team. We have residential guys and a director that oversees kind of the East region. In addition, you know, we have our rep partners. We're able to help kind of overcome some of those obstacles and the growing pains that go into adopting a new system uh, it, it's not here's the pipe here's the fittings good luck um you know uh, we have a construction services team out in uh, lakeville minnesota that'll do drawings design development drawings for you help helping uh you know with with layouts and things of that nature uh, all things designed to kind of ease that change but uh again not having the knowledge that Upenor has all these products and services available to the marketplace, it can be a little bit, you know, there can be a fear factor there too. I, I I'm not familiar with this. I'm not, you know, ready to make this ready to make this change. But uh, I'd encourage the folks that are still on that fence to to really take a strong look at this, uh, especially going forward, because um, I think it's it's an opportunity for for contractors to uh, take advantage of of some significant, uh, you know. Benefits to utilizing an alternative product.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that, and uh, you know, especially with the people that are going to be in the New York, New Jersey uh, footprint here, uh, you have uh, many different kinds of um, you know kinds of training at your disposal when it comes to uh, the product. That's uh, you know, you, you have Wales Darby, my entire contractor services group, our sales team. And then uh, on your end, you have uh, have your guys over at Upenor that that can facilitate the same needs. So very, very good. All right. So uh, next, uh, now that Upenor has become a world leader in text typing, how do you keep your finger on the pulse, so to speak, of the industry and keep things moving in a positive direction?
1: Sure, sure. And there's there's an inherent challenge there. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned changed earlier. There There is, uh, you know, an opportunity to start to work in a vacuum. Um, and that's the last thing you want. So uh, in addition to our field sales team, we have local representation like uh, yourselves at Wales Darby. And we have that in every market in, in North America. Uh, between the two, Upanor ensures a, a regular presence at our, our customers' offices uh, and the ability to kind of have that support level. Uh, Additionally, myself and my team regularly, I'm sure your team as well, um, attends uh, various trade organizations such as MCA, ASPE, ASHRAE. Uh, All of those can definitely help keep us up to speed on on code changes and all the goings on uh, within the industry. Uh, Even our more senior level sales managers often maintain some account responsibility, myself included. So as a manager, I am coaching my team, but I I like to keep myself kind of in the fire, so to speak, uh, and in touch with the um, community and things of that nature. Because, like I said, it's it's far too easy to to fall into that vacuum perception and be out of touch with what's going on as as far as the current events. Um, And that helps us kind of take action based on specific market needs as opposed to a generalized idea.
0: Yeah, that makes uh that makes a lot of sense actually. Um, you know, and and you always have our help out there as well. Uh, you know, that's a, a another facet uh, that you guys have. So, um, where was I here? um so the, that local representation that you have, that's you know that that's what we pride ourselves on here at Wales Darby. We have a great relationship with Upenor's field sales team. How does how do those relationships help in, in driving forward with the product? Oh absolutely
1: uh, I think we have a very strong partnership with all of our representatives um, as a field as field sales members we cover very wide swaths of territory um, I just mentioned I'm you know Maine to Virginia um, so having rep partnerships enables a closer level of support. Uh, for for our customers, our distribution partners, our contractors, uh, even our engineering community around specifications. Um, Wales Darby, just like Chesapeake Systems, the rep I used to work for, uh, carries a breadth of other products as well. Uh, They pair well with our product, uh, boilers on the radiant side, pumps, things of that nature. So I think uh, those rep partnerships definitely aid uh, in support of not only our product, but I think it also helps Um, our rep partners offer a full system of solutions for a given project or application and be able to fully support that locally.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So I wanna take a second here to uh, answer a question that we have out from the audience. Um, They wanna know about the photo that we are looking at on the screen, Uh, left-hand side photo. Sure, sure. Uh, That's
1: our Apple Valley headquarters uh, in Minnesota. So uh, majority of our manufacturing still occurs within that facility. Um, As recent as a year and a half ago, we bought a second facility in Hutchinson, Minnesota. uh, It's about an hour, between an hour and two west of uh, our facility there in Apple Valley uh, to expand our manufacturing capacity. You may also note a building kind of set in the back there. Uh, that is annex to the uh, original headquarters there. So sort of a testament to our growth over the course of the past decade uh, as far as how much our expansion um our, our manufacturing has had to expand to meet the need of, of uh, the industry and demand of the industry. Uh, but beautiful facility. Uh, if we ever return to some semblance of normal, which, you know, fingers crossed, uh, we hope to start those factory trainings back up, all of which encompass a, a full facility tour uh, where you get to see the manufacturing floor, you get to see uh, you know, some of the shipping that comes out of the annex. Uh, in addition to the facilities that I just listed, we also have a distribution facility in Lakeville, Minnesota, uh, that also houses our construction services group. So, uh, quite a few facilities, quite a few goings on in, in the multiple facilities. But uh, you know, that's where our uh, leadership sits, is in that building you can see in the image there. So uh,
0: another another question from uh, from the audience. How much radiant does this building have?
1: I <laughs> uh, you know, don't know the answer to that question. Again, the organization existed a long time before I, I came on board. Uh, my first year being, I think, 20, whew, 2011 uh, is when I started with the rep firm. 2015 is when I started with uh, you know, Upenor directly. So, uh, I, I'm sorry to say I don't have the answer to that question. I do know we do have quite a bit of the piping overhead in the annex uh, facility, uh, and we have quite a bit of piping in the new Hutch- Hutchinson facility, which needed to be uh, kind of renovated, but I don't know how they um, got this building. So obviously if they bought into it and it wasn't built from kind of ground up, uh, Radiant can be uh, you know, challenging in a space like that to, to retro just because it's it's such a
0: large, large facility. Uh, yeah, here's a, here's another one. So uh, th- does the parking lot have a snowmelt system?
1: Yeah. No, it does not. No, it does. That I can confidently, uh, uh, confidently state. Uh, I've been up there many, many times in January when we always have our, you know, beginning of the year sales meetings, which is just a wonderful time. By the way, anyone that's on the, uh, the call here that, is looking forward to maybe getting out and taking a factory tour and kind of going through all, all of that uh, i'd encourage you to avoid the months of october through probably around end of march maybe early april i uh, definitely target late spring summer and early fall for, for that uh for that trip but uh, no plows and shovels still exist uh for that, that parking lot but <laughs> I live in Baltimore. I work remote, so my again my apologies for not being overly familiar with the facility, but I see it maybe twice a year. Uh, I'm an East Coast boy, born and bred, so uh, this lovely studio you see behind me is kind of where I'm uh, been officing from from for for some time.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, getting back to it, uh, most recently with regards to COVID-19, what was Upenor's kind of initial response? Uh, you know, to the epidemic.
1: Yeah, it was it was challenging. Of course, this whole thing is is relatively unprecedented, right? At least for people in in you know within this generation of, of how to handle something like this. Um, priority one from our senior management committee was was the health and safety of our our employees. So, uh, the first step was to understand CDC, state, and local guidelines, and then create an action plan. Uh, pretty quickly. um, We were kind of under the same travel restrictions as as most folks, uh, trying to find new ways to interact. The platforms we discussed earlier, the one we're on now, um, you know, different avenues to to reach our customers. Thankfully, phone and email has become so prevalent in, you know, today that uh, not much changed with regard to that. But, um, you know, we certainly weren't on airplanes anymore. We're actually still prohibited from uh, public transportation. So, um, and, and, you know, it, it was definitely a, a change for us, but uh, I was happy that the organization put the health and safety of its employees and their families ahead of everything else.
0: Right. Yeah. And and I believe that the guidelines were very important. Um, you know, since you like you said, it was an unprecedented event. You know, no nobody could have. Pre- prevented or prepared for this kind of a situation. So having that, having those guidelines, whether you liked them or not, were, uh, you know, they kind of help us, you know, promote that organization. Um, you know, we use many platforms as well, just like you have uh, Microsoft Teams was kind of the, the, the whole basis around our group, and, and we had daily meetings as well uh, through Teams. Um, How did you use those platforms to keep moving forward?
1: Sure. Um, So we did everything from our our typical quote unquote, state of the union meetings with our customers, whether they're engineers or contractors, just to kind of get a sense of of where the business is, the strategic direction of their organization, what they hope to achieve uh, in in the coming year. Uh, Typically we do those in January, uh, just to kind of get us in line uh, as a partner with our, our contractor and engineer partners. Uh, However, we had to revisit those quote-unquote State of the Union meetings when everything kind of took a a left turn uh, in early 2020. So uh, we utilized the platforms to reconnect kind of on a face-to-face basis uh, with with management uh, of those organizations uh, as quickly as we could just to figure out how we can help better. Um, With the East having four of the top five cities uh, affected, um, obviously it was imperative that we got out ahead of that uh, as best we could. Uh, Beyond those regular kind of routine cadence meetings with our customers, uh, we did a number of trainings, educational seminars, um, internal meetings, certainly. I'm sure you guys did as well at Wales Derby, but certainly between ourselves and our directors and our leaders at Upanor, um, it was helpful to kind of get that feel of of being around a conference table, although it was, you know, via via a webcam.
0: Yeah, yeah, we had our, like I mentioned earlier, we had our meetings uh, every morning, 8 a.m., uh, just to kind of engage everybody. They they even, like, you know, put forth goals for us, uh, you know, certain types of uh, things that our industry partners were looking for and, uh, you know, just, just remaining engaged in the business as well, and, you know, furthermore, we expanded our training department to, to go into this, uh, you know, webinar-based training. And uh, I can't speak enough about all the groups here at Wells Darby that helped us, you know, put that all together and uh, be able to provide a, this uh, this training to our contractors. So, um, so, as with prior economic downturns, quick thinking and action is a key to getting the business through to a more prosperous time. What were some of the things that surprised or impressed you with the response of Upenor and the industry as a whole?
1: Yeah, um, I personally, I was impressed with the commitment to health and safety and the transparent, uh, transparency of, of our senior management committee at Upenor. Uh, very early on, they immediately instituted a weekly call um, to keep us up to speed on all actions being taken to address you know, the, the changing climate at the time. Uh, on the industry side, I was I was very pleased to see the amount of uh, educational seminars being offered. Um, so many organizations, and the level of engagement from uh, far and wide in those uh, seminars was was great. Um, I, I think it was a a good time to kind of uh, you know hit the pause button a little bit, uh, refine our, our skill set a little bit, maybe come back and, and and revisit what we know and what we don't know. Um and increase you know industry knowledge and just you know self improvement um so i I think uh, I was impressed with the amount of information that was uh, made available relatively quickly
0: All right. um yeah that was uh, that was impressive to us as well in the opening weeks we had thousands sign into our uh, various product trainings. Uh, how do you feel that was perceived by the uh, the audience and even the trainers alike?
1: Yeah, I think anytime you have an opportunity to refine your skill set and the knowledge level of the industry as a whole, um, it, it's a positive thing. Um, we can only be better for that level of education. Uh, our trainings, both internal and external, were very well attended and received. Received a lot of great feedback. Uh, We even had a number of contractors and engineers reach out to us after sort of general sessions that we put on similar to this one uh, to request a individualized session for their particular firm or organization. So uh, and we were kind of rapid fire with those for a a long while, I think, as business starts to tick like we're we're starting to see now. uh, We were talking earlier, Rob, and, and, you know, the last couple of weeks have started to see a, a slight uptick in in the business, uh, I think we kind of return to that normalcy a little bit. Orders going out, projects, things of that nature. But uh, it was very positive to see people making the best use of time uh, over those couple of months.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know it was uh, rewarding on our behalf. Uh, you know, when we started to see the responses coming in from the contractors out there that were thanking us for webinars and even, you know, calling us up and asking. <laughs> Or custom you know trainings you know there was there was guys that were contacting us for trainings on products that I never thought I would have to train on but you know they were they were they saw the value and in, in the amount of time that that we had to actually uh, uh you know give that education out and, and get more familiar with products so it really was an, an eye-opening experience definitely Yep. So um, i got a couple of questions here from the audience. I'm going to kind of call those out here. Uh, number one is more of a personal question. Uh, do you have any particular favorite Uber product or application? So,
1: uh, plumbing uh, is, is really where I find myself most frequently. Uh, I left this out of my introduction, but I actually started with Joe Sam Drain Company um, very early on, 2003, while I was still going through and getting my uh, engineering degree. Uh, started in the warehouse moving drains, uh, but as with anything, uh, maybe it was when I played with Legos as a kid, I like to figure out how things work, put things together. so. Uh, very quickly started figuring out how cleanouts worked, what roof drains were, closet carriers, things of that nature. So that really kind of launched me more into the plumbing side. Uh, when I came on board with the manufacturer's rep, they were very heavily hydronic, um, so it was boilers, pumps, and things of that nature. I was asked to kind of lead the charge, so to speak, on the plumbing side of things with Joe Sam as the main product. Uh, Ubinor came on shortly thereafter, so it was just a natural progression for me to kind of gravitate towards plumbing. Uh, I think a major benefit to me working as a manufacturer's rep for those years is cross-training, though. Uh, Although I was primarily focused on plumbing, I got a lot of knowledge uh, out of the hydronic guys at that facility, was able to start figuring out boilers, pumps, and and things of that nature as well. So uh, great, great bit of experience there. But... As it stands with openor today, I think my my favorite is is still plumbing, just because it's an application I'm the most familiar with, most comfortable with, uh, and really anything commercial. Um, we recently did a great job with Wales Derby uh, for those on the line that may be familiar with it. Uh, 99 Hudson, which is now the tallest building uh, in New Jersey, right across from. Uh, You know, Manhattan there um, is actually open or product two inch and and down. Uh, We did unit risers 10 stories at a time from ground zero all to uh, floor 79. So a great project to be a part of. uh, Great views uh, when I got the opportunity to get up on the roof there. So. uh.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, I got a this is an Anthony Tassi question. All right. Uh, How. how can we get some Ubanor sweatshirts? And then the next, uh, the next one was uh, large.
1: <laughs> you know, I have to say that uh, this is definitely a frequent question. Although now that I haven't been traveling, I haven't been hearing it as much. But uh, I can definitely look that look look into that for you, uh, Mr. Tassi. I, I will ask for some type of exchange rate, though. I mean, I need some kind of garb from Wales Derby, or I need a you know project closed or something like that. You know, there's a little bit of give and take here.
0: There you go, toss all right, uh let's see what else we got here. <laughs> any covid openor masks available <laughs>
1: so yeah, this is uh something we actually looked into uh initially, but uh you know with the challenges around shipping and, and things of that nature contact even our our departments uh, anything incoming to openor is on a forty eight hour hold so uh, I guess ultimately what we decided, because when we pursued the idea of open or face masks, uh, it was kind of at the height of everything. Uh, so they just thought the idea of, of bringing them into corporate and then redistributing them, um, you know, with multiple points of contact along the way was not the wisest decision. Um, right. We may revisit that going forward. Obviously the mask has become at least for the foreseeable future, part of everyone's everyday kind of uh, wear. So, uh, that might be something that uh, that happens in the near future, but uh, that that's more the, the marketing department's uh, end of things, more so myself.
0: Yeah, and I uh, I do think we're gonna have to be wearing masks for a while. Uh, you know, I know they're talking about we could get hit with a second wave of this come, uh, you know, come like uh, September, October. Uh, sure. So, you know, uh But if you do, uh, that's something I'm definitely interested in. Uh, if I go to an Upenor job site, throw on an Upenor mask, make it look official, I'm, I'm I'm good with that. All right.
1: Well noted, and uh, I'll definitely share everyone's thoughts with the uh, the marketing team and see what they come back with.
0: Absolutely. All right. So we got another question here. Uh, where do you think the growth for Upenor will come? I guess in the future, uh, you think that's gonna be more on the residential or on the commercial side?
1: So initially our thoughts were definitely around uh, commercial. Uh, It's where we've seen the most growth over the course of the last several years. It's definitely a market in which we haven't gotten as much saturation um, or we haven't gotten to the point of uh, saturation we would like to be. Uh, Part of that comes back to change that we talked about earlier, a little hesitance to maybe make the switch over to a new product. Uh, part of it is, is code. Uh, there are still some markets in the U.S. that are restrictive of plastics in a number of applications. Uh, of course, uh, the Plastic Pipes Institute is, is doing quite a bit to uh, try and change that. We've definitely seen some, some movement in the Philadelphia market and most recently in the, the Boston area market. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see kind of how that progresses. That being said, uh, we've seen a little bit of an uptick in the residential segment. Uh, I think obviously that's a um, victim of circumstance, so to speak, right? Uh, You have densely populated urban areas uh, with two things occurring right now, a pandemic and unrest. And I I think some folks are are looking to get out of uh, those environments and kind of move into that suburban uh, area. So have some friends in the real estate business. They said that, uh, that that seems to be trending in the right direction with people kind of looking to maybe exit uh, the more densely populated areas. So uh, I, I think we'll start to see residential climb as well. But uh, my personal focus is the commercial sales manager is still on commercial. So that's obviously something I'm rooting for in terms of, uh, in terms of growth and, and striving
0: to have happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, here at Wales Darby, we had a lot of help, uh, you know, especially, uh, you know, coming from the contractor services group. We had a lot of help with uh, the other departments here at Wales Darby from marketing to IT. You know, IT got us involved a lot in, uh, you know, getting these programs and, uh, you know, teaching us how to use them and, you know uh, and then the marketing team has really helped us push our uh, our trainings and stuff like that so with that being said how have other internal groups within open or helped you in uh, in completing your job discs
1: sure um I, I think marketing is probably our most closely tied strategic partner you've heard me mention them a number of times already uh, they're responsible for the content both digital. And tangible uh, that we can offer to the field, so pamphlets, brochures, manuals, things of that nature are all running through that department, and you know that department has to be aligned with us so that they're creating content that is is related to uh, what's going on in the field. So we have a pretty good dialogue constantly occurring uh, between those teams. The training team was definitely heavily leaned upon uh, during that march to kind of late May timeframe to put together content for those online trainings uh, It create internal trainings for us to sharpen our skill set, create an external trainings for the reps uh, to sharpen sharpen their skill set. Um, the production teams stayed on point, which a uh, testament to, to them for, for doing so. Material was, was readily available to the market uh, at all times. Uh, so that was, that was great. Of course, we are in the domestic water business, so we were deemed as an essential business at that time. Manufacturing was able to, uh, to continue and, uh, provide everything that was needed to our customers when they needed it. Uh, and construction services, a group that I mentioned, uh, is located in that Lakeville, Minnesota, that does our estimates and our design work and, and now are even starting to get into Revit and, uh, three-dimensional BIM modeling, things of that nature. Uh, they obviously, you know... Uh, kept going as well. Uh, A lot of their work could be, could be done remotely. So uh, they were able to kind of keep, keep up with things.
0: Okay. Um, So uh, to follow that up, uh, has any of this changed since the arrival of COVID-19? Have any of these groups had to kind of change their jobs or is everything still kind of even keel? Everybody's kind of doing the same basic stuff.
1: I think you know we had to adapt the same way others had to adapt. I wouldn't say a tremendous amount of things changed with regard to the structure and the objectives. Uh, certainly some internal departments have had to make adjustments as far as working remotely. Uh, Marketing is typically a, a group that's in the office. I just mentioned construction services. Uh, they have their office space as well. Those groups had to get used to kind of uh, having their meetings and things of that nature on online platforms and, and working in a remote capacity, which is new for for a lot of them, um, our production had the added task of ensuring that the manufacturing floor, break rooms, things of that nature, were following CDC guidelines for an open establishment at that point in time. So, in addition to just you know making the the pipe, they had to adhere to being in an occupied uh, public space, so to speak, at that at that point. So. A little bit of added tasks around that department. Uh, certainly IT became even more critical. Uh, I'm sure all of us on the call uh, have dealt with some type of bandwidth or connectivity issues uh, over the course of this time frame, uh, whether there was enough there to support it or there needed to be some changes made or, or things of that nature. Way outside of my wheelhouse, but I know IT's had a tremendous amount of uh, stress and strain on them uh, to keep us kind of online and, and going. All that aside, um, you know, we continue to support our existing partners to the best of our ability, uh, pursue new business as we just talked about in both the commercial and residential spaces. And, um, you know, I noted this much earlier, but uh, with the new guidelines on construction sites and things of that nature, uh, we at Opener actually believe that our value propositions may have actually been enhanced uh, by the pandemic and by certain guidelines that have now been uh, you know, implemented on, on construction sites and things of that nature uh, specifically around the health and safety of our, our, our partners.
0: Um, if, uh, if you don't mind, could you, uh, kind of, uh, elaborate a little bit further on how that enhanced the value of the, uh, the propositions. So it really dials back to what I was talking about earlier on the product
1: itself, it is extremely lightweight. Um, you know, an individual can carry two, 300 foot coils over each shoulder. Uh, they're able to work independently. The Milwaukee tool is very lightweight, uh, very easy to use. Uh, as I said, a lot of our guys that are currently on active projects with us have been able to send one guy, sometimes even an apprentice, into a unit by themselves with an M12 tool and have them plumb basically the entire unit uh, without any additional assistance or, or contact with material, sharing of tools, anything along those lines. So. Um, that helps uh, the weight of the product when you start working with our larger diameters, um, which come in 20 foot sticks, uh, one inch, inch and a half. Everything's available in coils, I should say, but I, I would highly encourage our contractors on the line. Uh, one inch should really start to be your break point uh, where you might want to switch to that straight length um, level. we trying to wrestle a, a one inch coil can be a little bit challenging in a tight space. Uh, so those 20 foot sticks, but, uh, you know, inch all the way up to three inch in 20 foot sticks is relatively lightweight, uh, in the right space with the right room. I can actually, you know, carry a a two inch, uh, 20 foot stick, you know, on, on my shoulder. So, um, you know, think about that by comparison to a piece of iron in a hydronic application. Think of that. And by comparison to a piece of copper, um, the weight is, is, you know, there's, there's injury that goes along with that. There's, there's wear and tear on the body, which is, you know, against the health and safety of, of, of employees, uh, keeps your guys sharp, keeps your guys energized, uh, working with that lighter weight, uh, weight material. And then, you know, the last part about it, and this, this goes to more of the the copper guys that are out there still sweating and and things of that nature, torches. Uh, I can't tell you how many stories I've seen just in the East coast alone of a torch, you know, accidentally starting a a fire in in a wood frame multifamily development and, and things of that nature. You eliminate that, possibility from the project entirely. Uh, now, I know press and things of that nature are out there as well, but we consider ourselves a, a product that is much like press from a reduction of, of labor standpoints, um, you know, from a from an ease of installation standpoint, but we're much lighter in weight and we're much more co- cost-effective from a
0: material standpoint, so. Right. Well, excellent, excellent points. Uh, so we're going to take a couple more questions here from the audience. Uh, something we yeah, haven't really? brushed upon too much today. How much of the country is using openor's fire sprinkler systems? So
1: this is this is relatively spotty, and uh, you know I hate to keep going back to the education aspect, but. Um, Our fire suppression system is designed for NFPA 13D, which is single family residences. So we don't extend into that multifamily application or even some of the sort of side-by-side units uh, that don't have any type of of firewalling or or things of that nature associated with them. But single family homes, uh, that is certainly an avenue we can go. Typically our system is utilized as a combined system. So it's tied into the domestic water system uh, basically, you're coming off of your your main into the into the home, uh, tying into some halos to support uh, the various stories uh, within the in the in the home, and then you're dropping off of that line to hit to your uh, plumbing fixtures and things of that nature. That being said, um, it hasn't been overly widely adopted. Uh, to your point, ironically enough, I found myself on one of these projects last Friday. Uh, in Scranton, Pennsylvania. So uh, PA has kind of been on again, off again with regard to utilizing uh, the Uptownor fire suppression. I know we have some areas up in, in New York that have certainly utilized it in points north, um, but uh, I wouldn't say it's something that we have a, a tremendous amount of saturation with.
0: Okay. Uh, and then another one, another question here. Uh, do you think we will ever see red and blue PEX rings in the U.S. (laughs)
1: So, um, you know, it's something that we continue to, uh, people have opinions, they continue to voice them up the food chain uh, regarding red and blue. Uh, Believe it or not, I was one of the advocates uh, around that as opposed to having red and blue pecs. Uh, Certainly, there's a cost mechanism there to, uh, you know, having rings as opposed to the pipe itself. Uh, As it stands today, I can't give you a timeline for when and if that's going to happen. So. Am I rooting for it? Part of me, yes, because there is seemingly a, a percentage of demand out there for it. Uh, the other part of me is still on the fence about red and blue as a whole. Uh, I understand the, the great concept of, you know, repipe and maybe sneaking it behind the walls and, and not knowing, potentially crossing lines. But uh, maybe it's the older part of me that's becoming a little bit more stubborn. But copper and CPVC, last time I checked, weren't color-coded. Um, right. So if if you weren't able to identify your hot and cold lines, then um, maybe it's time to find a new apprentice. <laughs>
0: that's actually a, that's actually a very good point. Uh, CPVC is color of CPVC. Copper is going to be the color of copper. So, all right, excellent. Um, so, last question here. Uh, now that businesses businesses have started opening back up and and construction is kind of starting to move again, uh, we've reached that uh, that that phase where uh, um, not essential non essential construction has started to open back up. Uh, what do you expect as far as the second half of 2020 and uh, moving forward into 2021?
1: Sure. Um, we mentioned the word unprecedented earlier, so I, I think it's extremely difficult to predict. I see. I think we're seeing some, you know, great signs of life uh, from the commercial and, and non-essential and essential construction business. Uh, residential, as I mentioned, seems to be trending in the right direction from the outside, you know, looking in, so to speak. Um, but I, I think the recent phased reopening of markets have have uh, definitely increased our activity, which is a good sign. Uh, the bid boards that I monitor in my my top accounts uh, are are very active and very populated. Um, I think we have to temper our expectations a little bit of what we thought 2020 as a whole would be back in January. Uh, embrace the new challenges, uh, make the best of the circumstances. Uh, at OpenOr, I know we're going to continue to look for new ways to better support and uh, add value to our industry partners and and their projects. and um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take it as it comes, um, and uh, you know, hope hope for the best, right? Uh, unprecedented also means unpredictable, so uh, we'll just kind of have to see how this all all shakes out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think we're in agreement there. It's it's been a difficult year for everyone, uh, you know, at least so far. However, uh, I've been extremely busy over the course of the last couple of weeks. I think that is due to uh, sort of pent up demand um and, and really uh, i have i've been just as busy the last uh, couple weeks as i was before the epidemic started so that's a good sign um and, and i think that uh you know the business has kind of opened up when we got that green light and started to make that demand that was kind of pushed aside while we were all sitting in our homes waiting for you know what was to come next um so uh, I'm hoping that leads to a strong recovery in the third and fourth quarter, and and hopefully we can be back to business as usual, uh, you know when uh, you know when we turn to 2021. But you know that's all uh, up for interpretation at that point. Uh, so we shall see. So. Nope. Um, you know, with that that's uh that's really all i have tonight uh i want to thank you for uh taking your time to join us tonight uh you know i know it's going to be personal time and, and we greatly appreciate that here uh everybody behind the scenes here as well uh, they've been uh very good with the questions tonight so thank everybody else uh you know who's joined us here tonight and, and given your personal time uh to, to visit us on this podcast so thank you to everyone and and especially to you uh, andrew thank you
1: rob and thank you all you guys uh, my friends over at wales darby and to all of us uh, you know i just want to echo what rob said i, I know this is uh, you know personal after hours time so if you took the time to uh, sit and listen and ask questions tonight uh, very much appreciate it and uh thank you guys for having me on really enjoy it
0: absolutely i had a good time and uh, hopefully we can uh, do this again for sure all right All right. So that's it. That's all we got. Um, And uh, once again, thank you everyone for coming out and uh, everybody have a good night and looking forward, have a great weekend. Thank you.